0: Welcome back to the Catch. My name is Michael Adams. I'm joined by my co-host John Nahimi, and again today we have David McCormick with us. Welcome, David.
1: What's good, everyone? Thanks again for uh, having me back on.
0: Yeah, David. I know we had you on last week, but I think all we really said was, "Hey, this is David." Now let's get to the topic. So I think it's time for a formal introduction. The five-star recruit, number one prospect in the country coming out of the University of Illinois for focus David McCormick sorry I'm not trying to impose will on David uh, David's heavily involved in focus at the University of Illinois uh, him and I were in that together for a very long time he's going to be a senior at U of I this year sorry I'm taking his introduction go ahead David.
1: <laughs> no worries Michael um, well good news for you guys not much has changed since the last time uh, we reported so um, I am still going to be a senior at the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. Um, I am studying special education. Um, I hail from Naperville, Illinois, um, which is a far western suburb of Chicago, um, or part of Chicago, depending on who you are. Oh. Um, yeah, and I was a, a RA Newman, actually, with uh, Michael and John, um, and was involved in Focus with Michael. So that's how I know them, and that's how I was able to bribe my way on here. Um, and real quick sidebar, um, so I don't know if you, some probably know like our friend Zach Scurry um, is coming to Chicago for a job. A couple nights ago, um, he, we like we were trying to figure out a time to see each other, it was like a Sunday night. And so he's like, oh, I'll just go into the city and then like come back out to the suburbs. Um, and I, I was like, you should probably just stop in Naperville on your way in so we don't like make those trips. And he's like, oh, it's not a big deal. Um, so he gets to the city. And he's like, okay, yeah, I'll come over to Naperville now. And I was like, yeah, that's fine. Like, we're just kind of hanging out here. And then a couple minutes later, I could tell he looked it up on his phone. He's like, yeah, I'm sorry. I had no idea Naperville was like over an hour like, from the city. So he's like, yeah, that's going to be a no. because I think he thought it was like right there. Um, so his rookie mistake, classic mistake. He's like, "Yeah, I've been in the car for about three hours, so I'm not gonna come." Um, but I could like know like the two minutes in between those texts. He definitely like typed my address into his phone <laughs> and just was just debating the merit of it, which I cannot blame him in the least.
0: Yeah, Scurry is actually gonna be my roommate when I officially move up to Chicago. Which who knows when that will be? um ju- We just got word that we probably won't be back until 2021. Um, so I'm going to get real cozy at home here in Metamora. Um, but I have talked to Scurry a couple of times about the whole move. And I think actually, I I think I was talking to Monica actually. And Monica was like, yeah, Scurry's like going to come out to the suburbs. Um, after he gets in Chicago, I was like, I don't think Scurry understands how big of a pain it is to get around Chicago. It's not like one of those cities you're like, oh man, let's go for a drive tonight for fun. Like, no. You're not doing that. You're going to sit in your apartment. You might walk around the block, and that's all you're going to do.
2: Yeah, Chicago's not one of those friendly, friendly neighborhoods, as they call it. I had to drive over here to, to David's house from uh, the, north, the northern part of the city. And I'm not going to lie, I made some pretty good time. But it's still a pain in the butt to drive, especially during rush hour, which is all the time in Chicago. There's no one hour that is rush hour. It is every waking moment, especially now as people kind of get back out
0: of their holes and back into the world so it's a fun time yeah i was going home from work uh last summer one time from chicago i was trying to no not from work i was actually trying to go to effingham for the fourth of july um and on a friday afternoon i was like you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna leave work at one thirty. i got my 40 hours in for the week like i'll leave at one i'll avoid all traffic i'll be great i'll make it there and Two and a half hours, three hours tops. Um I get there and it takes me an hour and a half to get past Chicago. Just Guess Chicago. Where,
1: where does it go? <laughs> <laughs> also, yeah, so I had I was not planning to open with that and it came like the scary thing that came in mind. I was like, you know what? It's adventure Let's run let's run open.
0: <laughs> I love it. Yeah, since uh internet's really not being friendly to us right now, um I think we're just gonna right into the topic. This is like the fifth time we've gotten kicked off of the Zoom call in the last hour. So, yeah, David actually prepared the topic for us today. So, David, what are we hitting?
1: Yeah, first off, I wish I would have prepared my Wi-Fi a little bit better. So apologies to the listeners. Um, but, yeah, so the topic we're going to be talking about today is hope. Um, and if it's a sounds like a very broad topic, that's because it is. Um, but, basically, um, I had, for like, a men's group I run at school – um, I had a topic, and I was like, "We're gonna do hope," um, and only one person showed up. Shout out Danny Drienzo. Um, but we were talking about it, and he kind of came with a question. He's like, "Everyone talks about hope, but like, what is it?" Um, and that's kind of like what we really dove into. It's like we hear of hope as like whether it's like a religious term, or like a secular term. It's like this giant white dove or this thing. It's like you just have to have hope. Hope that things gonna get better in quarantine. You have to hope, like. But like, I feel like I couldn't define it like very succinctly. I doubt like a lot of other people could. So just kind of to dive into that.
2: So, David, what is hope?
1: Yeah, that's a good question, John. Um, so in my research, um, but Father Mike Schmitz, I think, put it really well in his video. Um, that he said it's trust, whether it's in one another or in God, um, extended into the future. So just to say it again, like trust um, in God or one another, extended into the future. Yeah, that's sounds good to me, Mike. Does that sound good to you?
0: Well, that's word for word what I have wrote down in my notebook right now. So it sounds pretty dang good to me too. <laughs> but this is excellent. I think it's good. That's good because there's
2: um. I think there's also an important distinction to make that um, there is the theological virtue of hope. Right, faith, hope, and charity are the theological virtues, which are the ones that are gifts from God. So we don't like. We don't just earn those or get them. Like we have to receive them from God and get them at baptism. And there's the theological virtue of hope, but also the, um, what's called an appetite, an appetite of hope. Um, It's a passion. So it's something that we can experience, something that kind of happens to us, kind of like anger is a passion. It's an appetite that happens to us. We can experience hope on the human level, Um, but there's a fine distinction between theological virtue of hope and the human passion of hope. Because um, you can hope for things like earthly, um, but this kind of isn't about God as much. Because God, we can't see, we, we, don't, we don't see him, perceive him. That's where faith, hope, and charity all kind of are an integral part of one another that play into, to play into each other and lead us towards God.
1: Yeah, so I think for, like, the sake of clarity, I think we should probably start with, like, talking more, of like, the theological yes. um, yeah, virtue of hope. Um, and then we can kind of tie into, like, how like, how would we see this, like, sometimes, like, secularly um, or how, mm-hmm. like, other people define it, like, how media defines it. Ooh. I like I it.
0: it. I like it a lot.
1: Okay, so, um, yeah, I think this came from... Um, I was reading um, something that just made me, like, think back, and it was basically talking about, like, do you specifically like inspire hope um, in others? So it's like if, if they, like if someone was to go to like my family or my friends or like a club I'm in, would they be like, oh yeah, like David, he inspires hope in others. Like when the chips are down, he is like who I want at the table. Um, and in that reflection, I kind of had found out like, I didn't think that would like always be the answer. I think sometimes like, um, I think sometimes I think when things are going really well, I can inspire hope. Or if I have to do like a quick turnaround of something. But I've kind of noticed like for me personally that if things are going well and they kind of take like a dip, I really struggle with like would be like to I really struggle with hope of like trying to turn things back around.
2: Yeah. So what do you when you say inspire hope, what do we mean by that? Cause like I think there's a secularly, I think that's what a lot of people talk about it. Like, oh, I inspire hope in people, or like we've talked about this before we're joking, like, the uh, the Star Wars thing, like, rebellions are built on hope. It's like okay, like what does that mean? Clearly, they're not talking about God. Um, so, like to inspire hope in someone, I don't know, like. What do you guys think? What does that mean?
0: Well, to me, I think one thing that's like dangerous in that is like, anytime that someone's optimistic or like positive, I think we ultimately are like, oh, they are a hopeful person just because they're like, oh, don't worry, everything's going to be okay. It's like, yeah, that's maybe like a hopeful thing to say, but that's not necessarily. Like, what hope is and that's also not really what it means to inspire hope in my mind at least um so i think it's it's dangerous to kind of you know understand what the definition of hope is and knowing that like just being a positive person and being like everything's gonna work out because god is all good and like therefore nothing bad's gonna happen it's like that's not hope what hope is is like okay bad things might happen like not everything's going to go great But the hope comes from knowing that Jesus walks with us us through that and gets us through that.
2: Yeah, I think the uh, greatest distinction of the human hope, like that optimism or that just positive attitude, that's your kind of human passion of hope. Like, I'm optimistic this will go well. Okay, fine. Um, But like what you just said there, Michael, I think it's really good. Um, I heard someone talking about this just today about um, hope is – kind of the, the pilgrim's virtues, that the person who is a pilgrim, hope is kind of their, their frame of life to have hope because we as Christians uh, need to have hope because this isn't our end goal. This isn't the end of us, this world. We are called onward uh, to Christ in union with him in heaven. So we need to have hope because we can't see that right now. I can't see like the beatific vision of being with God, being present with him, So I have to have hope in that that will happen one day. It's possible, but I can't see it yet. And that's the hope. Like there's an arduous thing in front of me. There's an obstacle in front of me. Like you said, like there's gonna be suffering, there's gonna be pain. But I hope and I know this thing is possible. So my attitude and my disposition is directed onward and and past what is before me.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that um, another thing that um, I heard like while reading a reflection is that um, hope is, like, relational and it's personal. Um, so whether that's, like, in a secular thing, which we'll get to, like, a little bit later, um, but, like, if it's, like, a relationship with Christ and, like, if you, if you actually, like, start to build that relationship with Christ, right, then, like, you will hopefully will start to, like, achieve, like, some of the um, virtues of hope, right? That knowing that I'm starting to have this relationship and I know how much, like, the Lord loves me and even though I can't see, um, like, the end goal, Like I know that he's never going to abandon me. He's never going to leave me an orphan. And I think that is like the big distinction. Yeah, it's not just like being really positive or being an optimist, that it's like, it's relational.
0: And coming into understanding of like fully knowing what that relationship is and what it entails for you once you choose to actively be a part of that relationship is really kind of, going back to what you said, David, like that is what inspires that hope. Because once you have that relationship and once that relationship is of substance, then you can finally understand kind of like what you're saying, John, like this isn't the end, you know, this earthly life is not the end. Like heaven is the end. Like holiness is the end. Sainthood is the end. Um, But you can't really fully understand that. And you can't really fully undergo those trials of life without first having that relationship with God. Because otherwise everything else is just an unknown factor. And you're just suffering for the sake of suffering. And if that's the case, there's no hope
2: yeah and i think the uh just to kind of reference something we talked about last week um about like loving people and being in relationship with them about the patience of receiving the other as they are um we kind of have to live in the uh live in the tension of i have to live this life without understanding everything um and that comes with being in relationship. i'm like i can't fully always understand it. this was kind of a little other nifty grace that happened to me where I was like, I'm trying to constantly understand every person, every facet about them being like, they do this because of this thing that happened to them, or they're, they're like this because of this reason. And like trying to just frame them and systemize them into this way that I can kind of control and grasp. Um, but right, each person is a mystery and even heaven is a mystery. Like we don't know what that's like. So we have to be okay with living and not understanding. I think that's where hope kind of kind of comes in where it's like, I can be okay with this tension of, not knowing everything about you, about you um, and about, you know, what heaven's going to be like, what my life is headed towards fully, but I can still uh, kind of move in that direction with confidence.
1: Yeah. That reminds me of a conversation I had um, back in the fall um, with our local focus missionary, Tanner Gazda. Um, I was just talking with him and this kind of question popped in my mind. And I was like, Tanner, do you ever get like frustrated? that, like, during the consecration, like, you can't see and fully understand what's happening. Um, And thinking that, like, he was much like me, like, oh, yeah, sometimes I'm really frustrated. But he was just, like, very calm, like, you know, as he normally is. And he's like, you know, like, David, sometimes ignorance is a gift. Um, Not being, not saying, I'm not saying go and be ignorant of, like, everything. um, But saying that, like, sometimes, like, we're not going to be able to understand everything. And, like, sometimes that actually is a gift from the Lord. because a lot of times if we would fully understand everything or the effort to do that would drive us crazy. And then we wouldn't be able to focus like on the Lord or like what's actually happening in front of us. So if it's like the consecration, like we're not trying to sometimes just try to figure out everything that is happening in that moment, but you can actually be there and be present to receive him.
2: Yeah, that's uh, there was a book I read about the liturgy and about that specifically where he talks about like, you can't just, um, you can't go into liturgy. You can't go into mass thinking, um, I'm just going to think really hard about what's happening in front of me and then I'll grasp it. Um, but like, I mean, I fall this every time I'm there I'm just like sitting there like kneeling and the consecration's happening. I'm like, this is what is happening. This is transubstantiation. Like all these like really technical things. Like they're really like try to like get my mind around it. And it's like, um, no, <laughs> like the mystery is the thing that is received and is, is given as a gift because it's God's coming from God's life. And we have to just be able to be open and kind of, be present to what's happening without trying to put our own kind of spin on it and whatever we're trying to control there.
0: And think of how many saints there have been in all of time that were uneducated. You know, like I thought about this the other day, I was like, yeah, there are some saints who were engineers or whatever doctors, whatever the case may be, but like how many saints had no formal education, but had such a deep and profound understanding of the mystery of God. It didn't take an education. It didn't take an IQ for them to get this understanding. It was a gift. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's
2: spot on. I mean,
0: it's, it's kind of daunting
2: to think about it because, I mean, I think I can speak for most of us where we're like, oh, I just got like, you know understand this better. Like, then I'll, really, uh, I'll be a better Catholic. I'll be a better Christian. If I, if I just knew more, I read more, I understood this better I Had all the technical knowledge and stuff like that. And it's like not necessarily in any way, shape, or form. Um, it's about like uh there's another thing that I've read about being like spiritual awakenness where like we're just we're present to what's happening and we're present like that. We can then hope in what is being presented because right, the, the mystery of we're talking about the Eucharist, like David, he's kind of brought us onto this this point here. I don't want to get too far off from hope, but like it's about Christ's redemptive act. Like that's where our hope comes from. It's rooted in the cross, it's rooted in the incarnation, which is what we're experiencing at mass. Um, so our hope is rooted fundamentally there Um, if it's not then you know we got to probably reassess where we're looking
1: yeah John um I thought it was really interesting that you just said that like our hope is rooted Um, while doing some research on this topic um, I stumbled across that the like we think of like the symbol for hope is like a dove right like a lot of times we think of like oh it's fluttering about like if you're like at sea maybe you'll see land like it's just kind of this thing that like it's not really in our grasp but maybe it finds its way, um, but actually um, like the early like Christian symbol for hope was an anchor, um, and that's I thought it was really interesting that you said that like it is like our hope isn't something that like flies around and like maybe maybe like this will happen but actually like it is an anchor like it is rooted um like in Christ um and like in his love for us mm-hmm. and dying for our sins. And it's like I think we get confidence from that hope. Mm-hmm. Hope is not something that's fleeting, but we have confidence from that. Um and it's like a small thing that like um that happened to me personally like when I kind of got a little bit more to that point of being like, I'm gonna start looking things up about my faith. Um because I know that the answer is out there. Even if I can't fully understand it, the answer's out there and like I'm no longer like afraid of that there might not be an answer. Um, But yeah, for me, it's just kind of like that symbol of like, yeah, it is rooted, like it is an anchor. um, And it's kind of like tying us down to the Lord.
0: I love that image of an anchor. I've actually never heard that one until right now. Um, But it just seems so fitting. Like one, like you said, yes, it keeps us planted. It's like if God is like the bottom of the sea, like the anchor is what keeps us settled there. And it keeps us locked down to that if we're the boat. But even more, so this is maybe like a morbid example, but like I've with me with faith, like one of the big terminologies that I always use is just like deep, like I need to go deeper. I need to dive deeper. I need to swim deeper, get closer to the core, like get closer to who God is. And like, if somebody had an anchor and I grabbed a hold of it, that thing's taken me all the way to the bottom. Like no matter what I do about it, it's going to guide me to the bottom. Um, (laughs) and this isn't like supposed to be like a morbid example but really it's like the anchor takes you and or like takes you to god guides you to god and keeps you there um so it's just another way of like in my mind it's like oh like literally the anchor is supposed to take me and guide me deeper but i will live
2: no, that's a great image. Sorry, we're just laughing because my computer screen just should have says read Lord of the Rings in five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> what a great reminder. <laughs> uh, the, no, and Michael, I think it's great because I think a lot of times, a lot of people get this image in their head, and I'm one of those people that says that kind of nice little fun example of, oh, you know, you have a God-sized hole in your heart, and he's going to fill it. And it's like, I mean, yeah, but it's not like a, a donut hole in it, but like the little munchkin in the middle and then it's filled and like, okay, like now you're all good. It's like, no, God fills the hole, but when he fills it, it expands and goes deeper. It's like to your example about the anchor, like he's pulling you deeper and deeper. that's not like a morbid thing. It's you're going farther and further and expanding. Um I mean, you think like pressure when you go down in the deep, like it starts to like it's expanding inside you like this is what God is doing the deeper we go is he expands our hearts in love so that like our hearts become more oriented outward towards others and towards him in heaven. Like this is where again hope Like our hope becomes about what is to come, not about like right now. Um, But I think the danger thing, and I don't know how much you wanted to talk about this, but presumption and despair being the two kind of opposite ends, right? Virtues are always the things in the middle, and you have the two polar opposites. Um, Despair being kind of the more dangerous of the two. Um, If you're like me, struggle with that a lot. But despair is on one side, and presumption is on the other. So presumption being like, I have like the confidence of kind of, this will be fulfilled. I have no, there's no doubt in my mind, this is going to be fulfilled. It will happen. Um, And then despair being the kind of lack of, or fear of a lack of fulfillment. So it kind of puts us in two camps, like one where you become foolhardy and the other one where you become kind of uh, everything is awful.
1: Yeah. When thinking about uh, despair and presumption, like the first thing that comes to mind is like, both of those are about you and like not about God. Mm. And also both of those, I know sometimes we talk about like receiving, but a lot of times like the Lord helps us act, right? Especially if we, if we might be in a tough situation and neither of those spur action of any kind, even if it's like an action to like love the Lord. Um, the example that like I kind of have in my mind, um, and I'm sure a lot of us college students or former college students can relate, but like if I have a paper due at midnight, um, and let's say it's like 9:30, 10 o'clock, and I still have to write like four or five more pages. Um, I normally flip-flop between despair and presumption. Um, or one, whatever the theme is for the night. So despair, like there's no way on earth I'm gonna get this paper done in time. Um, it's just too much to do. I only have a couple hours, like, or presumption of me being like, you know what, we've been in this before. Um, we have faced like worse circumstances and I've like got my paper in on time. I'm going to be totally okay. I got this. Both of those, like, I would say like beliefs or like both of those like ideas end in me watching YouTube videos for at least another hour. <laughs> like both of those don't spur any action. Um, while it's not like directly like related to this, but instead of being like actually like anchored like into like our belief and our trust in Christ, but also like the situation that we're in. Mm-hmm. like. Hope doesn't mean like, oh, we have hope. We like, believe and we trust and everything's easy. But to actually like accept the reality that we're put into. And then from there, you can actually like start to do tangible things and not just be like, the Lord's going to take care of everything. I don't have to do anything. Or like the Lord has left me completely abandoned. I can't do anything. So like in that
0: situation, just for the sake of even further clarification, like in the paper, what would be the hopeful response? To be like, I have a paper due at midnight.
1: The hopeful response, um, I don't know if I could, you know, personally, because um, I always get my papers done on time. I don't. Um, I <laughs> um, no, I would say like the hopeful response would be to actually like take um, like the full grasp of the situation. So to be like, you know what, like I'm gonna like think about this. I have three pages done. I have to do four more pages what's the first step I can do to actually come to reality with your situation. And I just think that because a lot of times when we think of like hope or myself included is like, if I'm hopeful, I'm not going to be in a tough situation. And we all know like, that's definitely not true. And then when you become in a tough situation, then we're like, we're just like very like paper thin, like, Oh no, it's tough. I've lost hope. But to actually be like, you know what, I'm in this situation. If this case it's a paper, the stakes are low. Um, you're like, you know, like I trust in the Lord, like I'm going to offer this workup, and what's like one tangible thing that I can do um, and like believe that, like he'll be like along with me in the process.
0: I think one thing that comes to my mind is this idea of like being a realist. Like I know we think of like hopeful people are the people who are optimistic. Um, I, I like to think I'm an optimistic person or whatever you may say, but I, I probably actually err closer to more of a realist. <laughs> Um, and I think there's a lot of controversy of whether like a realist is a hopeful person because the realist is somebody like takes into context everything that's going around them is like that's kind of just the way it is like that's the situation I'm in right now um, and that's that and it's like that's not hopeful is it? Um, in my mind, it is to some degree because part of the hope is not ignoring reality. Like being hopeful is not ignoring the situation at hand whether good, bad, or indifferent. like That is not what hope is. Hope is not this idea of just, well, I just look to the future and I live for the future and whatever I do right now, eventually I'll get there. Um, It's this idea of really understanding like this is the situation I'm in and I do need to do these things and I can be very real and honest with myself, but I know that since I'm being real and since I'm being honest, there is an outcome. There is a good that will come and that is in the future. It's setting your sight and your goal on the future, but still living in the present.
2: Yeah, and I think um, going back to what you talked about earlier with um, it being relational, hope being relational, and being a realist and kind of applying that to people who we are in relationship with. Like if you have to, excuse me, hope in someone else, um, you can can have hope in someone, but um, your ultimate hope is directed towards God. The the danger, at least as I've experienced this, has been uh, where despair creeps in, where you kind of have this. You think there's a there's going to be a lack, a perceived lack of fulfillment. Um, so why bother, right? This is where like I don't pray because I'm not going to be fulfilled by God, or I'm not going to talk to this person because they're not going to do what I like need them to do for me, um, and the list goes on and on. Um, but I think it it really, I don't know. It's a lot of like control that kind of comes in there. It's like Uh, they're not going to fulfill me. So if I can just kind of control things or figure this out or um, understand everything about this person, uh, I don't really need hope anymore. I can just kind of throw that aside because it takes the freedom and like the agency of the other person out of the equation. It's just all about me. And I don't have to kind of worry anymore. And it kind of in a twisted way, sort of starts to alleviate your despair where it's like, okay, everything's good, like I'm fine now. And this is where kind of I think workaholism comes in, like with secular culture. You're like, I'm just gonna work really hard and control this stuff, and then I'll be good. Um, but in reality, it's like, no, I have to kind of understand, like Michael, what you said, like, what is the situation that I'm in? Like David, you said like the full reality. Um, you can't just kind of deceive yourself into thinking, like, if I control everything, it'll be fine. It's like, no. You have to understand that God will fulfill these things. That's where your hope lies. And there'll be suffering along the way. There'll be obstacles and such. But the ultimate end is that like, don't try to control this. Don't try to grasp at it. Try to receive the hope as it is a gift from him.
1: Yeah. And I like what you said that those things or like that situation won't fulfill you. It's like the Lord will fulfill you. And that's where your hope lies. And no matter like what situation you're in, the hope lies that like he is there with you and he like, he will never abandon you, like whatever situation you're in. So whatever, like that could be as small as writing a paper or that could be as big as like, um, I'm really sick. Like one of my family members is really sick mm-hmm. and I like feel, and I feel like I'm like despairing. Yeah. Um, but to kind of like have that hope of, um, I like watching a series with some of my guys in my men's group um, about um, a priest uh, during the Korean War who Father Capen, who got the Medal of Honor. And it's like where this whole topic kind of spurred from but that he was a man of incredible hope um, to help all the guys when they're in a prisoner of war camp. Um, He was just incredibly hopeful, but he never like, he would never like kid himself about the situation he was in. Um, He would be like, you know, we're in this bad situation. We're probably going to be here for a long time, but the Lord has not abandoned us. And there are tangible things that we can do today to look out for each other and to like unite ourselves closer to God.
2: Yeah, that's really beautiful. I like what you just said there. Like, we're in this together. Like we can help each other get like, this is the pilgrim thing. Like we're, we're journeying together towards union with God and we can help each other. And um, building that up. And like the presumptuous person says that like, I've got this all, like, it's going to happen no matter what. I don't really need to care about any of this or, or about you um, as a friend or as another like, person. So um, yeah, you just get kind of complacent. And again, like God gets pushed out. It's another turning inward on the self just in a different way. Um, than despair but again it's always the turning inward and that leaves no room for hope it leaves no room for love at the end of the day because as these kind of flow out of each other faith hope and, and love love being the greatest there's no room for God to enter into your life if you presume like we think oh yeah he does love me right there's presumption there um if it's taken the wrong way where people can kind of be like God will love me no matter what I do it's like oh well <laughs> yes but also like you can't just frolic along as if nothing is going to but your actions don't have consequences.
1: No, and then to, I guess to kind of turn things like, I don't know if like secularly is the right word for it. Um, but like, you hear it a lot, like in, I feel like in society, especially now, like during the pandemic, is like, we just have to hope in each other. Um, and if we have hope, then everything's gonna be okay. And then when things like aren't okay right away, then like our hope just dies out super quickly. Um, and I think that, um, I just think like going back to the definition that like it's trust in one another extended into the future. Um, so like kind of how I see it would be like secularly would be like that you saying that like take reality of your situation. Um, you know, like the Lord is still like, is going to be with you no matter what. Um, and also like you trust in each other. Um, so like, for, for like into the future and if you know that like you're not doing like tangible things right, then you need to kind of change course, I guess. And this was the conversation I was having um, with Danny DiRienzo about it. Um, was kind of saying that like um, we have both like led like organizations or are leading organizations on campus, and like with the pandemic and stuff, what's it going to be like leading one of those things? Um, and I think he was saying like just wanting to be like self-aware and trusting like in you and trusting in others then also same thing taking reality and knowing that like if something is not working you can't just be like well i hope it's going to get better like i've been trying this thing and it's not working but maybe one day i hope but to actually take reality and then do tangible things to change that i know that's a little bit kind of like off track um but that's at least kind of like where i saw that it worked. like not just not necessarily like hope in god but like how do we hope in one another
0: Yeah, I think it's important in those situations too to know that hope is not based on a fixed timeline. I think one thing we get caught in is like, I hope that by December, everything's better. And then you hit December and it's like, well, everything is still crazy. Um, And once you hit December, it's like, well, now I lose hope because it's not fixed. It's like, no, hope is a continuous thing. Like the definition of hope is, extended into the future and as you go on with your life the future goes on as well and the timeline that you have this hope must continue it can't just be this fixated thing like well god didn't come through by december 31st and now there is no hope now there is no god with me it's like that's not the definition of hope
2: yeah and the last thing i'll say before we wrap this up is just that um kind of a caution of like yeah we hope in each other but it can't become this kind of like humanism where it's like we just hope in people like our hope isn't people it's in humanity. like humanity will lead us to this utopia that we all kind of want where there's no suffering and there's nothing bad it's like if you're a christian that's just not it um like suffering is the name of the game for us um that's the way to salvation like that's how christ won it that's how we follow him through suffering um but again like we can walk with each other and allow ourselves to point to our ultimate hope, which is God, um, along the way as sojourners and pilgrims, we don't, um, we don't get stuck here because the person who is like, I just hope in people, or I just hope in like, you know, the December date that it'll get better. Um, that hope is all in this world and not in, in God in heaven, ultimately.
1: Yeah. And I think, I think a lot of things like, since we're kind of saying like hoping, we've been relating a little bit to like quarantine things like that a lot of things i've noticed personally it's like i've been putting hope in a lot of things that like are not rooted in the lord and i've not been putting like my hope in him first so like i'll put hope like i said like sometimes in in other people when like it doesn't need to be or is like not charitable to them mm-hmm. or even hope in like distractions like i mean how many times have i hoped that like the I would do something competent in sports and it like sometimes it does happen, but a lot of times then like you look out into the future, like, Oh, it's never going to happen. Um, But that should not be like, no matter what it is, like that should not be your main source of hope in anything. Um, And I feel like that's a lot of times where like people get frustrated because those things are like, those things are built on paper. They're things that we enjoy. And if they become like our foundation and like our main source of hope, all they're going to do sooner or later like they're going to disappoint us and it could be catastrophic.
0: Exactly. just, yeah, hope cannot be rooted in this world. Like uh, something that again off the video that you and I watched, David. Um, so hope is rooted in faith. Um, and our faith is rooted in entrusting ourselves to God. Um, and so, really, just understanding this idea that. When we look to hope, when we look for hope, we look for a future. We can't look to this world because the world's just not going to – it's not going to give us what we need. Um, and this kind of goes back to our last podcast. It might give us what we want in the moment, but it's not it, going to give us what we need, and it's definitely not going to fulfill us in the long run. Um, so really just find the hope, find faith, find God, repeat.
2: Pete. yeah i just finished off the quote from one of the psalms hoping god i will trust him still like that's the name of the game
0: perfect love this good stuff yeah good work um thank you for joining us david uh, as well as all you listeners out there um if you have any questions concerns please reach out to us at the at gmail.com um but please pray for us We'll be praying for you guys. Let us know if you have any special intentions. But that's all we got for you here today at the Catch.
1: That's nice to me.